live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio redefined. Rikenny Sergeant, Beijing Doctor Douchebag, Crash Gladys, Getting crash in position, and Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the freaks. Mario Andretti's never done it. Michael Andretti certainly hasn't done it. And Marco Andretti, nah, ain't happening. Your two-time Indy 500 winner, Takuma Sato, will be joining us in about 10 to 12 minutes. And what I mean that they've never done it, yeah, Mario's won himself a 500, but Michael Andretti never won him a 500. Nope. Marco Andretti saddled the pole for the 104th running of the Indy 500, but of course he hasn't won an Indy 500, but dang it, Takuma Sato with a win under yellow, and we're going to get to that, Freak Nation. Your take on to win or not to win under a yellow. We'll get to that. Thank you guys for hanging out. Takuma Sato will be here in the Freak Nation. Tony Kanan will be here. We'll also have a couple of rooks, a couple of rookies. One making a whole lot of noise for rookie of the Indy 500. What's the title? They just say rookie of the year. It's for the Indy 500 specifically, but it's still arguably a more prestigious rookie of the year honor than it is for the season rookie of the year. So, yeah, I think he'll take it. Pato Award, he'll be joining us along with his teammate, Oliver Askew, who, frankly, had a hell of a run as well until he decided to try and detour around a big old pile of smoke and hit the wall, not the wall, but the the entrance to Pit Road. And holy smokes, Statman. Uh, how do you think those um, – how do you think Oliver Askew's feeling about it? No, 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 that, no, that was no, Spencer Piggott. That was Spencer Piggott. Yeah, Oliver Askew crashed much earlier in the exactly. race. Exactly. Oliver Askew wrecks, but Oliver Askew still, he he had a car that was a front runner as well. Yeah, he was he was actually up to second at one point in the race, but that was, of course, the pit stop strategies were all over the map, so I kept thinking that's why he was up there, and making his, what was it, second pit stop, I believe, he just wasn't the same, and yeah, he spun on his own. Statman, we talked about this before, how this was a race where some of these younger guys, not those veteran drivers, were going to have a shot to win this damn thing. And actually, it, it turned out to at least they were chasing those leaders three or four cars back from time to time. All of racing needs to uh, get some younger guys into the, the front of the line uh, that, you know, there's there's the usual suspects are always there. And uh, today was the case, Takuma Sato, uh, Scott Dixon, Graham Rahal. These are guys that have been there for 10 years. Uh, they need to get some guys, award, ask you. Uh, some of the younger guys need to step up. They need to make room for them. Uh, something needs to happen. But well, look who was number four right behind those three that you mentioned, Santino Ferrucci. He crushed it. He was the rookie of the year last year right. for this race. And he was, ugh, I mean, there's so many reasons why we wanted to go back green to finish this race under green. I wanted to see what Graham Rahal and Santino Ferrucci could have had on a restart for Takuma Sato and Scott Dixon. But it was the safer thing to not restart this race. As much as I was cheering for Dixon, and I really wanted Dixon to win since Wednesday. Uh, I don't think I don't think he was going to catch Sato. Um, 
Sato looked like he had him under control. And, uh, you know, Sato has come so far from what the term is, the wild man. And I remember every time I think of Sato, I think of uh, Monaco when Michael uh, Schumacher got out of his car and uh, he had spun to avoid Sato, who had parked in a bad place in a hairpin. And uh, he got out of the car and walked back to Sato's car and banged on his helmet and scolded him for <laughs> sitting there. You remember that? Uh, it yep. was uh, it was crazy. But Sato has come so far since then. He's come so far since he spun out when he had a chance to win. And uh, he's just he's become uh, one of the top 20 drivers in the history of the race. Statman, Crash Gladys, Speed Freaks on a Sunday night, man. Thank you guys for hanging out. Lucas Oil Studios is where we are. And General Tires, proud partners, General Tires here in the Freak Nation. Speaking of the ARCA series, the ARCA East series, the General Tire 125 at Dover, your winner, Sam Mayer, will be joining us in the second hour. So, yeah, man, a uh, a show full of freaking winners. Uh, not necessarily with Oliver Askew, and Pat- Patricio Award. Yeah, Rookie of the Year is a pretty okay. big win. It's a pretty big win. But those two dudes together on the phone should be fairly legendous. Coming up in a moment, your Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes. And we're going to get to our poll in regards to the finishing of the Indy 500. Follow us on Twitter at Speed Freaks. We'll show, show you. We're going to show you scrap on the radio. <laughs> we're going to tell you the results coming up. After we get out of it with Kumasato, but first, going to resume with some affiliates right now. Speed Freaks, we promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined the freaks. Oh, yeah. Welcoming in another round of affiliates here in the Freak Nation. Thank you guys for part of being this big old thing. 20 years of Speed Freaks, man. From the Lucas Oil Studios. Coming up in a moment, your Crash Gladys pit news and notes brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. Go to GeneralTire.com. Check out the tires of that righteous ride. Got yourself a big old fat SUV. What about an F-250? What about a Dodge Ram, or as the kids are calling them nowadays, a Ram truck? Make sure you're rolling on those red letters, those General Tires. Crasher? Well, the 104th Indy 500 is now officially in the record books, and I am so awesome. If you don't know what I'm talking about... Suffice it to say that distractions plus Twitter do not work together. Oh, God. Oh, how fitting a finish for an Indy 500 in the wacky year of 2020. A massive crash with Spencer Piggott at five laps to go essentially ended the race as his hit with the pit wall attenuator was so destructive that it may have taken over one hour to repair. No way that was happening. So the final laps ran yellow and Takuma Sato, who is indeed one of the strongest cars all day, he led a Honda 1, 2, 3, 4 across the yard of bricks. So, yes, Honda had the fastest speeds all month. Then they clearly dominated over the Chevy machines all day long in traffic and the high temperatures. Regardless of what you think of the finish ending under yellow, it absolutely went to one of the deserving cars. And as of 7.07 Pacific time, is that what it is now, 7.08? 10.08 Eastern time right now. We're still awaiting word on the latest condition of Spencer Piggott, whose crash ultimately ended the race today. I'm told it's coming very soon. Last we knew, he was awake and alert and being transported to IU Health Methodist Hospital in downtown Indy for a full evaluation. 
NASCAR ran a full slate of races at Dover, Delaware this weekend, starting with ARCA's East Race. Looked like it might belong to Ty Gibbs, but it was Sam Mayer who charged past him and on to the win on Friday night. Zane Smith took the other Friday night win in the Truck Series, surviving a restart past veteran Matt Crafton. On Saturday, Justin Allgaier won his first Xfinity race of the year in dominant fashion. Then Sunday's Xfinity race belonged to Chase Briscoe. Also in dominant fashion, fashion, the one day after brushing the wall. So, yeah, a little bit of redemption as well. But that's Dover. Domination and just plain destroying the field became the name of the game in Cup as well. Saturday went to Denny Hamlin and Sunday to Kevin Harvick. Harvick, man, it's been a long day, <laughs> making it Harvick's seventh win on the season and number 700 for Ford. Another massive race today was MotoGP. Ooh, Miguel Oliveira taking the win. Crazy finish. Takuma Sato next. Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Freak Nation, for over 100 years, General Tire has provided tires for your lifestyle, your adventure, your everywhere. From the aggressive mud terrain Grabber X3 to the all-terrain performance of the Grabber ATX, even to the strong and durable all-purpose terrain Grabber APX, General Tire balances excellent on-road performance with off-road capabilities designed for all weather conditions. Remember, with General Tire, anywhere is possible. For more information, drive over to GeneralTire.com. Car not performing right, a dirty fuel system damages gas mileage and even your engine over time. But Lucas Fuel Treatment can clean and lubricate that fuel system, the fuel pump, fuel injectors even carburetors and valves as you drive. It's designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment, it works. Hey, it's Crasher from the Freaks, and what if I told you the best burger you can buy to cook on your grill or stovetop? It was available in your favorite grocery store. Well, it is, and it's Bubba Burger. Just how awesome does a sweet onion Bubba Burger sound about now? Oh, my favorite, jalapeno burgers, Angus burgers, all natural Bubba Burgers. Watching your caloric intake? Then grab the reduced fat and the turkey Bubba Burgers, all in your local grocery store. When you need a delicious burger for your weekend cookout, the answer is Bubba Burger. You'll never bite a better burger than a Bubba. The Coxville Blockers, the Albuquerque Chupacabras, and the Arizona Pricks? Yeah, we got your attention now, don't we? These aren't real sports teams, but they are some of the most creative and funny sports logo t-shirts from awesome sports logos. Each team has a history and a meaning behind it, like the Akron Rubbers, the Boston Accents, or the Cape Cod Scrod. And these t-shirts are awesome, made with the highest quality. 100% cotton available and are just stupid soft. Grab your favorite city's t-shirt now at awesomesportslogos.com and get awesome. Lucas Complete Engine Treatment. It's a new multifunctional cleaner plus lubricant. It's designed for use in both engine oil and fuel systems. It cleans and lubricates the entire gas or diesel fuel system from the tank to injectors. It contains special Lucas additives that cause the fuel to burn thoroughly and help increase your miles per gallon. Expect longer engine life, longer oil life, cleaner exhaust, and less fuel consumption. Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. It works. Mav TV, your destination for all things motorsports. TV home to all of the Lucas Oil Motorsports. Mav TV televises off road, modifieds, motocross, pro polling, and world rally championships, to name a few. Mav TV is also home to the favorite enthusiast shows such as My Classic Car, Chop Cut Rebuild, Full Custom Garage, Gears, and much more. Mav TV is available nationwide on DirecTV, Verizon, and on most cable providers. Visit MavTV.com for more racing information and to demand. Your Mav TV. You're listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. 
You're back with the Freaks from Lucas Oil Studios, Freak Nation. Been doing this for 20 years. This guy's been in occasionally. And now, your two-time Indy 500 winner, Takuma Sato, joining us here in the Freak Nation. Is this celebration, outside of being no fans to go go crazy with you when you're drinking the milk, outside of that, is this win that much different than your first win with the Indy 500? Well, you know, to be honest, I still feel like speechless and um i can't thank enough to all the people who make this happen but you know the milk tastes fantastic it's so tasty um two percent chilled by the way i chose and um <laughs> obviously the first one was uh was unbelievable i was I, I don't know what to do um second one this is still still feels so special even we don't have sadly you know 300,000 people not here but i know Obviously, we all understand the situation and difficult circumstances, and and you know feel so fortunate enough to to actually be raised here today. So I just really appreciate the people made this happen. Takuma Sato, they said in the broadcast that they were giving you two percent milk in the victory circle. Do they ask the drivers before the race what kind of milk they want? Absolutely, and three temp- three different temperatures too, so uh, you can get to the whole milk. <laughs> And skimmed milk, and in case you have energy uh, uh, allergy, you have something else too. So, uh, yeah, I think they prepare a lot. And then uh, a week before, actually, they uh, announced in which driver uh, chose which one. Takuma Sato, winner of the 104th running of the Indy 500, joining us here in the Freak Nation. Congratulations on this second win for the biggest race in the world. This has been such a wacky year, and they referenced on the broadcast today how you have basically been quarantined inside the United States. You have not been able to go back to Japan for months. So tell me, what is your housemate? I know his name is Steve. What in the heck is he going to do to throw a party for you for this win? No, I don't think we can do the party tonight, but um, I probably deserve that beer. <laughs> <You know>? um, <laughs> honestly, the uh, the team made this happen. I think uh, as all the credit it has to go to the team, particularly the uh, the Bobby Rejo and David Letterman and uh, you know Mike Lanningham who put uh, so much commitment financially to make uh, my seat happen. And uh, I can't thank enough the uh, these three owners. Obviously, the 30 boys, you know, the Panasonic people, Ready Honda, work extremely well. And the uh, entire pit stop and the, my boys did a phenomenal job. So all the credit has to go to the team. And I'm so happy to 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 to, um, to be able to drive in their car. Takuma Sato, the Indy 500 winner this weekend. Takuma Honda controlled this race. The top four positions went to Honda. Chevy drivers had a problem. What was it about the Honda engines that dominated at Indy? Yeah, Honda never give up. I mean, it's it's a phenomenal story, isn't it? I mean, after several years of Honda have a, a, some some um, you know some frustration in a super speedway in particular, um, especially from last year that the, you can clearly say that. But you know what a comeback! You know, it's amazing organization, and uh, I know Honda and HPD put so much commitment. And um, you know, obviously, competitors are always tough. Uh, and I think the race, you know, you could fairly say I think we were similar. But I think in the qualifying performance, it's just unbelievable. I think it was a it was a mega power. And uh, today we were able to working on the fuel mileage, and so and reliable. There was nobody broken. So uh, I think it was just an amazing, amazing company. 
Two-time Indy 500 winner Takuma Sato joining us here in the Freak Nation. And you made your critical pass with about 40 laps to go. When did you know in your helmet that you had this thing wrapped up? And then when did your when did your crew chief or, or your spotter or whoever was in your ear first, <laughs> when did they know? And you guys could really just kind of <gasps> breathe. Well, obviously, obviously, you know, the end of the result, nobody knows. And even I can, you know, say that, that uh, until say last lap of the last corner until you get the traction out of the corner you you just can't predict winning however you could do so much uh, preparation in the first 100 laps you know all i did is just everything is preparation because you know it's a single car uh, tow and double car tow and three and five is a very very different characteristic a of course a fuel number but secondly the uh, the balance as well talking about us you know fast and tire did a great job into to performing unbelievably because obviously we have airless plane thanks for the safety but we have a, a lot more weight um but they did a, a a great performance however we sacrificed some of the degradation now so this degradation why you put the peak of its stint is that the earlier the stint or middle the stint or later the stint you know all these details you have to work on 100 laps so when i had opportunities the 158 laps that uh, i finally caught the uh, um uh, scott again and i had opportunity now i had to i have to lead and i have to see my fuel number and how you know how lately he could actually uh, um uh how can i say the attack me and later on so i have to judge all the things to be prepared for the last uh, you know last thing and indeed that's what that's happening and obviously all, the biggest threat was uh, in traffic i have to to work on because even you know the the cars in front you know who obviously locked down but then they're working they're racing too so you know, it's it's difficult. You know, the the five car lengths and behind it, you have a, a you know Dixon who's the, the strongest. You know, he was a guy to beat for this week. So, uh, you know, I was particularly happy that um, you know thirty boys send me again, again, again for the after the pit stop. You know, I was able to run in top three, top five all the time. That was opportunity. I was able to put everything down for the last thirty laps. Takuma Sato, your Indy 500 winner, joining us here in the Freak Nation. And it's not lost on us, Takuma, that we, you're a two-time Indy 500 champion from Japan in, the, in one of the greatest American races ever. And what that means, not just for you and your country, but for uh, the United States of America, I think that's a big damn deal that you come over, you're part of this race, and you win this race twice. Think about that. Your name is on that trophy <laughs> twice, Takuma. I know. I'm, I'm, I, I must be one of the luckiest men in the earth. And um, I just feel so much appreciation to everyone who make this happen. You know, all I could do was just, uh, you know, to flat out and turn left, you know. But <laughs> oh, so okay. oh, come on. Come on. Story. You know, race driver can do very little things in the, uh, such a <laughs> tiny cockpit. But I think a hundred people made so much commitment and suffering you know, sacrifice, but you know that's all because uh, because of this uh, unbelievable race. You know, to win every single driver, every single team wants to win this race, and winning it twice. That's just I'm so lucky, and I so much appreciate the opportunity I had got. Mario Andretti hasn't won it twice. Michael Andretti hasn't won it twice. Right. Uh, uh, Marco Andretti hasn't won it. Takuma Sato's won it twice. Yeah, just uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for the support. I really is. And uh, thank you for the opportunity. And hopefully uh, the people suffering today, whether it was the COVID-19 or, or some of the uh, uh, 
nature, you know, difficulties. And hopefully, uh, you know, everyone at home, you know, watch this uh, spectacle racing and then, uh, then got some energy out of it. Um, that's our hope. Oh, yes, we did. Takuma, congratulations, buddy. Go, go enjoy yourself, partner. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. And something we talked about kicking off the show, I think, Crash, you might have brought this up, is Statman, the, the fact that Takuma Sato, he was running for the win anyway. It's not as if someone had crept up there and the yellow came out, and then all of a sudden they said, you know what, that's it. We're not going to drop a red. We're going to finish under yellow, and a back marker wins the race. Stat, a guy that was running for the race win wins the race. He pulled the the move uh, what'd you say, Crash? With about 40 laps to go, he passed him. And, yeah, it was 158, yeah. And then with um, – the, there was some question about whether or not he was blocking uh, Dixon when Dixon tried to pass him a couple of times. and uh, But he was going for the win, like you said. He wasn't – he wasn't – you're going to have to beat me. He didn't – you know, you're Scott Dixon, and I'm going to – you know, I'll be lucky to finish second – he just, it, I'm, you're going to have to beat me. And he challenged him and made Dixon, uh, you know, put everything out there to try to beat him. And Dixon couldn't get it done. How many times yeah, can several- you say that sentence? In yeah, and Dixon couldn't, <laughs> get, it couldn't get it done. That's so true. The freaking Iceman, the man who led most of the laps today. Yeah, that that's true. We should be in shock that that even came out of Statman's mouth right now. <laughs> Dixon could not get it done. Wait, what? It is 2020, though. It is 2020. Yeah, there's no telling. It's no telling what could happen in 2020. You know, they they might come back like NASCAR on Tuesday and say that uh, <laughs> Graham Rahal won because Dixon and Sato had to, uh, didn't have enough air in their tires. <laughs> 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 their their lug nut was loose. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Freak Nation, coming up next, we're going to get to our poll on Speed Freaks. In regards to that caution finish, we'll get to that. Also, what this means moving forward for the Indy 500 with no fans in the stands, does that set a precedence for future IndyCar races? And actually – in motorsports in general, I'll explain that. Also coming up, Tony Kanaan. He's won himself an Indy, an Indy 500 and an IndyCar championship. He's also part of the show. But first, how about your stat man, Scat? It's the stat man, let's get it. Oh, no. Lots of drama in Sunday's Indy 500. Takuma Sato, the winner over Scott Dixon and Graham Rahal. Sato was the 20th to win a second 500. The first came in 2017. But what I'll take away from this is what Aero Electronics revealed during a commercial. By far, racing isn't what's on the top of their priority list. The exoskeleton Sam suit for team owner Sam Schmidt looked like something from a sci-fi movie. Schmidt has been in a wheelchair since his IndyCar accident in January 2000 during off-season testing in Florida. The accident rendered him a quadriplegic and put him on a respirator for five months. But in the last five years, Arrow, one of Sam's sponsors, has tricked out a Corvette that allows Sam to control the car at speed with his eyes. And now it's working on the exosuit that allows him to walk. What this means for victims of spinal cord injuries is just wonderful. If you don't find this stunning, Check your pulse. Peace. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined.
real quick, Crasher, you got an update on Spencer? Yes, Spencer Pickett has been basically examined and discharged from Methodist IU Health downtown Indianapolis. And we posted this on Twitter. Gosh, maybe it was in the middle of the Takuma Sato interview when we posted it, I believe. And he's even put up a picture of himself, given a thumbs up in somebody's car, driving back home. He Apparently not a scratch. Apparently no broken bones out of that massive hit. Amazing. Absolutely amazing where safety has come over the last just 20 years that we've been doing this show, but even the last 10 years. Crazy. This segment brought to you by our good friends at Lucas Oil and Synthetic Four Stroke Side by Side Engine Oil. Lucas Oil Synthetic Four Stroke Side by Side Engine Oil is a high performance, all temp, all weather ready line of engine oils used in side by side, ATVs, UTVs, and virtual all off road recreation vehicles. Check it out at lucasoil.com. That hit <laughs> was huge. Was so big that you could you could sit there and claim, I guess, the safety of IndyCar and tracks. Track safety yeah. has come a long way too. But man. that attenuator right there that he hit, he hit sideways. Fortunately, he scrubbed some speed. Explain to the Freak it. Nation what an attenuator is. Well, it basically brings down the impact of your crash so that your crash is not as severe as what it absolutely could be. So the way IndyCar had it set up, it's been this way for the last couple of years, but you can go back. I'd need to look at photos to be specific, but you could probably go back 15 years and only see maybe one row of tires there. I think there were three or four this year now. So that was enough to really prevent his hit Mm -hmm. from being as drastic as it could have been. There are years in the past in my lifetime in which there was nothing preventing any sort of reduction in severe hits by hitting that pit wall. So, yeah, just the bounce back of those tires, those tires saved him. But then again, you could go to, hey, how much has this aero screen really put some additional stability on these cars? How much did that help? Or how much was the fact that he did scrub speed? He was going around 220 miles an hour, but he did kind of brush the wall just past turn four, so he scrubbed speed as he slid sideways down into that attenuator at the at the beginning of the pit wall. So it, you're that still going a hundred miles an hour plus, that man. You're still and going you go about hundred and fifty. And a dead stop, and your ribs are right there. Yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen this happen quite a bit. It's amazing what an attenuator can do. It's the it, they generally put it at uh, the end of a wall or like the entrance to uh, pit lane, but the at the end of a wall to protect the driver from going right into the that small narrow space that could do a lot more damage. Uh, I've seen it happen at. Irwindale Speedway. They have uh, several attenuators for the, uh, the entrance to exit the pits and the uh, walls and so forth. So, it, I mean, it's stunning how uh, the, dri- the safety for the drivers when they hit that thing at great rates of speed and uh, the driver, the car is crumpled and 
driver gets out, waves, and walks away. Uh, you know, Pickett didn't walk away. They had to uh, put him on a board. He walked away from the car, took a couple of steps, and laid down on the track. And uh, they had to put him on a board and take him away to the uh, the infield care center and then take him to Methodist Hospital. So, yeah, I mean, it was thank goodness that the the, tin, the tires and the canvas and everything to keep the tires in one place so that when you hit the tires, uh, you do uh, protect yourself from hitting that uh, wall, that narrow wall and all that uh, energy is confined to one space and could do a lot of damage. Yeah, seeing him kind of have a limp getting out of the car originally and then laying pretty flat on the racetrack and getting into the ambulance, I thought, oh, for sure, he's broken something. I'm shocked that he has been discharged from the hospital and he's heading home tonight as if it's a normal night. Probably going to have some aches and pains tomorrow when he wakes up, but that's it. Holy cow. We're asking this question on Twitter, Freak Nation, at Speed Freaks. Takuma Sato wins the Indy 500 under yellow. You cool with that? Initially, it started out as a landslide, but it's since come back to its senses. 52% say freak no, and then, of course, 48% say hells yeah. I think the more people are looking into what this isn't, this wasn't just a wreck. Yeah, it was a little different. Well, plus, it happened with five laps to go. And some people say, why didn't you stop the race right there? I think IndyCar wanted to do a red flag scenario to get some sort of semblance of a green flag finish. That's why they took two laps to try to figure out, okay, let's, let's gather the cars behind the pace car. That takes a while. Let's try to get the order set so that if we do have a shootout, there's no lap cars in the way. And then we need to talk to our, our officials. They need to tell us what the attenuator looks like and how long it's going to take to get finished. All three of those questions came back with negative answers. Mm-hmm. The attenuator was going to be at least an hour to finish. The getting the cars without lap traffic in the way behind the pace car was taking far too long. And sorry, it's just by the time you would get a restart going, you'd have to have at least one lap of pace car conditions. And like Scott Dixon said, he was maybe okay on fuel, but Sato would have probably run out. Therein would have been a whole nother controversy. You let your leaders run out of fuel. No, not not necessary. You know, not- Stad, I must be I must be getting older, or must be the father of a six and a half year old, because I had no problem with that <laughs> with that yeah, finishing under yellow at all. I thought, yep. And my, my, the, my major concern was just how delicate these cars. These aren't stock cars. Granted, I know what happened with Ryan Newman at Daytona, but these aren't stock cars. These are Indy cars, and you put you've seen these drivers, Stat man, go bonkers and act like they're at freaking a go-karting track with two or three laps to go to get that win. And with three or four laps to go in the Indy 500, these guys are going to take risks that put their lives in danger. That, that was my major concern of why I was happy they didn't resume. I think there was something said during the broadcast where they have an agreement between the drivers and the officials that like crash said, if it was going to take, an enormous amount of time to clean up everything and get it back to race conditions that they would finish under yellow. I think this is the third time in Indy in 104 Indy 500s. This is the third time that they finished under yellow. So I was upset wow. no, at first. No, there's been more than that. 
There's well, definitely been more yellow finishes than that. That's what they said. I mean, I don't know, maybe they're wrong, but mm. that's what they said. But no, I, I think I no, no, that's not right. Yeah. I gotta look that up though. Yeah. So but I you know, I I was upset at first too. I said, Why don't they stop the thing? And then once you come <laughs> to uh your senses and realize that you wait an hour for a two lap shootout, that might not be in the best interest of the sport. So uh yeah, I think that uh they did do they did make the proper decision. Look, New Orleans, Louisiana is about to get two hurricanes back to back. There's yeah. so much crap going on oh. on this planet right now. That whole saying of no risk it, no biscuit, not not at this shot. And that's fairly apropos for our conversations we've had with Scott Dixon. Why put it to chance? No, do not test it. Just let's get out of this thing. No lives lost, no major injuries. Let's just move on and put the 104th running of the Indy 500 behind us now if if the two drivers if dixon and sato were wheel to wheel uh, fighting it out for every inch of the track maybe there might have been an effort made to we got to see who wins this thing but with sato pulling away from dixon at the end and those are the only two cars that had a chance to not a chance but the the two best cars on the track uh Mm -hmm. i think maybe they that came into the uh, the decision also an answer to the yellow flag finishes at the Indy 500. This is the third time in the in the last decade that it has finished under yellow. It did so in 2012 and 2013. And 2012 is when Takuma Sato crashed, giving the lead to, or lead and the win to Dario Franchitti. And in 2013, it was a Franchitti crash that caused the final three laps to be run under caution. Tony Kanon with the win. I remember Dario Franchitti also won under yellow. I believe it was in 2007. So there have been lots and lots of finishes under yellow. Freak Nation, Tony Kanon, one of the best personalities ever, joins us next. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. After your engine, the transmission is the second most important component of your car. If you maintain it, it will shift properly and get you down the road without problems. But if you don't maintain it, problems are coming your way. Lucas Transmission Fix can clean and lubricate sticking valves and renew worn bands to make your transmission shift properly and stop leaking. It's compatible with all transmissions and transmission fluids lucas transmission fix it works hey you want the easiest car care ever right there's a couple lucas oil products you got to get your hands on one lucas slick mist fast and easy speed wax two tire and trim shine and three interior detailer it's better than anything on the market so this is what you do you spray the speed wax on a wet or dry surface you wipe it off and you're done you think you can handle that Lucas Interior Detail rejuvenates interiors, and Lucas Tires and Trim Shine does wonders on tires and wheels. Lucas Slick Mist. It's easy. It works. Go to lucasoil.com for more information. 
Lucas Complete Engine Treatment. It's a new multifunctional cleaner plus lubricant. It's designed for use in both engine oil and fuel systems. It cleans and lubricates the entire gas or diesel fuel system from the tank to injectors. It contains special Lucas additives that cause the fuel to burn thoroughly and help increase your miles per gallon. Expect longer engine life, longer oil life, cleaner exhaust, and less fuel consumption. Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. It works. The Coxville Blockers, the Albuquerque Chupacabras, and the Arizona Pricks? Yeah, we got your attention now, don't we? These aren't real sports teams, but they are some of the most creative and funny sports logo t-shirts from awesome sports logos. Each team has a history and a meaning behind it, like the Akron Rubbers, the Boston Accents, or the Cape Cod Scrod. And these t-shirts are awesome, made with the highest quality, 100% cotton available, and are just stupid soft. Grab your favorite city's t-shirt now at awesomesportslogos.com. That's awesomesportslogos.com and get awesome. Introducing Lucas Oil Racing TV, your exclusive unlimited 24-7 motorsports app. Now you can watch all your favorite motorsports anytime, anywhere. Get the finest in grassroots racing, national events, live coverage, behind-the-scenes action, and interviews you won't see anywhere else. There's also automotive how-to shows and some of motorsports' biggest names like Dave Despain, hosting the legends and current superstars of racing. For more information, visit lucasoilracing.tv. Lucas Oil Racing TV. Grab it and hold on tight. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Coming up in moments, Tony Kanaan, Indy 500 winner, 2013 crasher. Right, 2013, and of course, uh, IndyCar Series champion back in the day as well. This segment brought to you by our good friends, General Tire. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. Roll on General Tires. When you step outside that big old fat truck of yours, look at those tires and go, hmm, that bad boy looked pretty badass. With some General Tires. Go to GeneralTire.com. It's GeneralTire.com. Or check out your local tire dealer for some slick-looking red-letter GTs. We caught up with Tony Kanaan couple of days before the 500 always a great interview supposed to be on this retirement tour but thanks to COVID-19 things may change uh, we'll get to that in this interview but first can you believe this this is Tony Kanan's real name Antoine Rizkala Kanan Fihol joining us here in the Freak Nation wow uh, no wonder you changed your name to Tony Kanan Tony can you imagine? I actually asked my mother why she did that, but she actually blamed it on my dad. So my dad's not around to answer that question, so that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom. Uh, IndyCar Series champion, Indy 500 champion, getting set for the 104th running of the Indy 500, Tony Kanan here in the Freak Nation. And it's just, it's just a strange world that we live in. Give me some of the, the insight that you've seen uh, media day is different with Indy 500. No fans at qualifying. The carb day is just strange. For the race, there's going to be no fans. Give me uh, the mad Brazilian's perspective of having no fans around. Look, guys, I mean, Kenny, it's it's, it's really weird. Um, I was actually uh, talking to, to Benito here today, and it's so, like, it's hard to get my head around that it's going to be a race this weekend because the hype, the energy, you know, this city at this time of the week will be 
overflowing with people. We'll be so busy doing dinners, community day, autograph sessions, this and that. So that that part's being really tough. You know, it's uh, doesn't even feel like the race is gonna really happen on Sunday. But that is unfortunately the only conditions we could to do the race. We could have to do the race. Um, I'm really glad we're doing it. To be honest, look, Lou, with all the big events that got canceled, like the Olympics, for instance, right? Uh, it could have been no 500. But um, the good part is for me, I would say once we put the helmet down. You're not going to remember if there is one fan or 400,000 fans in the stands. Hopefully, you guys will be watching on TV and, uh, and we'll go from there. But it's been pretty weird, to be honest. 2013 Indy 500 winner Tony Kanaan joining us here in the Freak Nation. And another thing, obviously, that's weird is this has been rescheduled from its typical Memorial Day Sunday in the month of May. And now it's in August. And you have a kindergartner now. You just, Deco just started kindergarten on the week that you are going to run the 104th Indy 500. That is strange. And do you feel like you're a little too detached from him in this big life-changing moment? I mean, you know, Crash, thank God uh, we were not as busy. I mean, obviously we moved the date. That would not have happened if it was May. Right. But at least I was there. And he obviously, he's, he's schooling right now. He's not going to school. So I was there with him and Lauren. Uh, I'm not going to take credit of uh, sitting with him from 9.30 in the morning to 3.30 in the afternoon, apart from the recess that Lori is doing all that. But uh, I was glad that I was there for his first day. And uh, it typically, uh, you know, if, if it was an, well, if it was a normal world, this would never happen because the race would have happened in May. But anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that, that I was there for sure. I feel old though. Oh man, they grow so fast. Mm-hmm. You guys know that. Mm-hmm. Don't feel old, but hold on a second. I want to go back to you were Lauren's at home. She's she's watching Deco with, of course, kindergarten and your other kids. But you're you keep emphasizing this. I was home thing. Are you still trying to convince us that you had nothing to do with the wheels coming off of Alexander Rossi's golf cart? I was home homeschooling Deco. So oh, oh, I know oh. I am known of the, being a, one of the biggest pranksters uh, <laughs> over the years. But this one. I did not do. I have a clue who did it, and I'm going to say it. I think Connor Daly was the one that masterminded the plan. I don't know who executed it, but I uh, I did not. And, uh, you know, for the future 500, uh, I actually decided that I'm going to put a camera in front of my bus that we're going to record like a security camera so we'll find everything that what's going on during the night at the bus lot, on the bus driver's lot. What Crash was talking about, Freak Nation, is there's a picture going around of Alexander Rossi, another Indy 500 winner, and his golf cart with all the wheels off of it up on blocks. And as Tony said, he's one of the the biggest pranksters in the IndyCar series. What's the biggest prank that's been pulled on you, Tony Kanaan? On me, uh, Kenny, I was doing a – so you guys all know I'm an avid cyclist. Um, I I love cycling. I had my – $10,000 $10,000 carbon fiber track bike uh, sitting in my bus during the month of May. That was when I used to live in Miami, so I brought my bike here. And I was doing a live interview on TV, and Dario, Brian, and Dan came to my bus, <laughs> got my bike in a chainsaw, and actually uh, took the bike behind the camera while I was doing the live TV hit <laughs> and saw my bike in half. And I couldn't do anything because it was a live hit. So you can imagine my face 
I was in disbelief. I didn't think it was my bike. I thought they faked it or, but no, they actually saw the bike in half. So that was definitely the worst, uh, or the best, depending on the way you look at it, <laughs> Frank, you know, I ever had. Well, that's legendous, which means you had to do something pretty damn bad for those dudes to do that to you. What did you do to them, Tony Kanon? Actually, I only did it to Dan Weldon. Brian and Dario just went along, but uh, Dan first race, uh, Dan did an IndyCar was in Japan. We were there. I made sure that uh, he had some PR commitments and I went to the front desk and I pretend that I was Dan Weldon and got his room key and pretty much uh, destroyed his room. Took He had four pairs of shoes. I took one shoe of each pair and FedEx back to the States, to his house. <laughs> so basically he wore for the whole week. We used to spend the whole week there. The whole week he had to wear his track shoes because he didn't have a shoe to match. Uh, took his mattress and his TV out of his room. Uh, cranked the air condition uh, to the max on the heat. Emptied the toilet water. <laughs> and took the... And took the knob that actually can open the water back on, took the knob out, and five guys went to the restroom uh, right after the other and left it there for him for two hours. Oh, okay. I knew about the shoes. I did not know about any of the rest of that. That I just want to hurl urine. Yeah. The worst part was the, I was the last guy out of the five, so it was kind of disgusting, but oh, it was fun. man. <laughs> Splashback. Tony Kanan, it's impressive. Some of the drivers who have won the Indy 500, NBC managed to get them in front of a camera and to watch their expressions as they won the Indy 500, including you who won it in 2013. Some of those expressions were pretty emotional. It's got to be maybe the most important day in your life outside of marriage or the birth of your children. That emotion has got to be real and raw. To be honest, um, I have to say, I don't think any one of us go back and watch the races that we won very often. You know, you don't do that. You just don't sit there. Oh, let me go watch the race that I won. <laughs> you know, so that moment was really, they caught it. They tricked us. You know, the TV guys are really good. And uh, and they played after a very deep conversation. Uh, and it was tough. I mean, I, I probably watched this, what, three or four times through the years, you know, I've never really sat down and said, Hey guys, let's go watch the race that I won. So <laughs> it is a big deal. I, I, I think it's hard to explain, but it is the biggest achievement of your career and sometimes of your life. So it's pretty hard not to, to shed a tear or two, you know, when you see that again. Tony Kanan, this started out to be TK's last lap. You said you were getting ready to retire, but some of the noise that's coming around indicates you may not. You've already signed up for the SRX, the Ray Everingham series next year. What about IndyCar? You think you might come back next year? It's got to be hard with all the success that you've had. It's got to be hard just to walk away. Yeah, I think, you know, I think, yeah, like you said, you saw a couple interviews of mine here and there. I don't think it's fair for my fans. I mean, you guys being here when the fans were here and how much they cheer for me. Yeah. I don't think it's fair for them, and I don't think it's fair for me to call this one the last one. So uh, it's easy said than done. I am not saying uh, I have the intention to come back. I still got to find a car and a sponsor. But for me, uh, uh, you know, I want to come back next year and do a proper proper way out. I can't just 
race without a fan, without a fans here and, and call it a quits. So are you referring to all the ovals again for Tony Kanaan or just the Indy 500? Uh, I would start with the 500, but if I can, I would like to do the same thing I did this year. So the five ovals, including the 500, that will give me time to do Tony, Tony Stewart's uh, and Ray Everhan's uh, series as well. And that will be actually, to be honest, will be a full season for me. Tony Kanaan, you drove for Michael Andretti, Andretti Autosport. What's it mean to the family and to racing in general to have Marco Andretti on the pole at Indy? Oh, I think it's uh, one of the most popular propositions uh, of the long time. You know, I mean, Mario won this thing 33 years ago. Marco, I mean, Marco was probably two months old, if I remember right. So to be honest, it is a big deal for the family. It's a big deal for the series is a big name. It's, it's a name that has been around for decades and decades, you know? So for sure, it was a shame that we didn't have any fans because I think this place, we have gone nuts <laughs> when an Andretti on the pole, but, uh, I mean, it is a big deal. And for them, for the family, this, this place means everything. All right. What's, what's going to be your cheat meal, Tony, after the 500, what's going to be your go-to to put on all that, all that. My, my cheat meal is always something very basic. I would probably cook like a couple of hot dogs. I love hot dogs and I would just go to hot dogs. Hot dogs. God, you're just trying to get wow. out of this interview. That is weak. No, no, no it's still a cheap meal. What do you, what are you expecting me to say? I could, like a pizza or like six pounds of ice cream. No, like hot that? dogs is much better. I like, like six hot dogs. Great. <laughs> so Tony Kanan in his retirement tour will be a part of the hot dog eating contest every July 4th. Yeah, Stay man. tuned. So that is disgusting. I watched that the other mm. day. Oh my God. How can you even call that a hot dog? Mm. You know, it's like they soak in water and ugh, it's mm. disgusting. Do you put mayonnaise on your hot dog? A hundred thousand percent. I put mayonnaise on everything. Bam. Really? <laughs> okay. Oh. Hey, buddy. Uh, it's always greatness when you roll the freaks. Thanks, guys. I really miss you guys here. Hopefully we can get together soon. Stay safe. Absolutely. Hugs to your wife. See you, bud. Thank you. See ya. Statman mayonnaise on your hot dogs? <laughs> Stop asking me package questions. I'm done answering them. Next. Wow. Uh, are you? <laughs> that is. Uh, what's what did Rita Franklin say? Ain't no way. <laughs> no, that's ain't, yeah. no, ain't no mountain high enough, right? Yeah. Uh, ain't no way. That's a mayonnaise on a. I won't even put ketchup on a hot dog. A hot dog, you got to have uh, hot mustard and dill mm. relish. That's it. <laughs> Well, Suave, hopefully you brought your headphones because I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, our residential millennial here, the four of us, uh, makes, who makes us sound so damn good on this national show. Richie, uh, what do you put? Again, our 20-something, what do you put on your hot dog? I stat nailed it. You just you just go mustard and you go, and you go relish. Simple. Don't put any ketchup on there. Disgusting. Absolutely not. I'm really, I wasn't even born. I wasn't. I've never spent any time in the Midwest, but that's how I like my hot dog. Nice and simple. No ketchup. Yeah. Definitely not mayonnaise. Whoever came up with that idea. Oh, boy. Get some new taste buds. Yeah. Kenny and Kanan. That's like a band name right there. You guys can just eat your mayonnaise and go Wait sit in the corner. Wait a minute. You put mayonnaise on your hot dogs? 
No, Crash is just assuming I did. Why else would you ask him? Because I want to have a conversation like this on a national radio show. Oh, so mayonnaise pops up in your mind. And get my voice up in the other octaves. Clearly. (laughs) I just just tweeted Lauren Cannon and said, really? Are you guys having hot dogs for dinner tonight? (laughs) Really? They're probably probably having hot dogs and a $7,000 bottle of wine. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Richie, was that, um, was that, uh, were you a a regionist there? Kind of like a a regional racist there by assuming that uh, only Midwesterns put, put mustard on there? On their hot dog? Well, I I, I just know that a, if a like a Chicago style hot dog uh-huh. or on a bra, like a Chicago style bra, you don't put ketchup on it. So that's where I, I came up with that idea. I think most Chicagoans would probably agree with you, and I know a couple. So, <laughs> Statman is a hot dog a sandwich. Oh, here we go. Oh yeah. It, you know, Richie? if it, it lasts yes! long enough, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, somebody on this planet agrees with Richie. <laughs> on the sandwich debate. Yes. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No, not finally. There's a whole there's a whole mindset on Twitter that loves debating whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich. You should have that's what you should have asked Kanan. Screw the mayonnaise question. Right. All right. Sorry I failed you, Crash. Okay. I, I failed Richie. <sighs> Freak Nation, coming up next hour. Sam Mayer. 17 years old at Dover, takes down a Joe Gibbs driver running on those general tires. He'll join us. Also coming up, two young dudes, Oliver Askew and Patricio Award, who, according to Crash, will be winning the Rookie of the Year. Oh, without question. Fastest on Fast Friday Carb Day. Highest finishing rookie driver in the field. He finished fifth. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, just legit, man. Legit. His teammate Oliver Askew, a tidy little accident. Who, by the way, was running in I think a top ten, top twelve. He was up to accident. second. I don't know where he was when the accident happened, but he was he was out decently early. Sadly. Uh, big second hour coming up. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined with Kenny Sargent. We love the party. Crash Gladys. What are we doing for the bachelorette party? And Stepman. I am serious. Here's the Freaks. Twenty years, Freak Nation. We've been doing this for twenty freaking years. Second hour, of Speed Freaks. Thank you guys for hanging out. Coming up this hour, Oliver Askew and Patricio Award, two rookie IndyCar Series drivers, running for Arrow McLaren on that Lucas Oil, by the way. And we're going to hear from a seventeen-year-old race winner from Dover who took down a Joe Gibbs driver on Friday. 
Yes, in the ARCA series, uh, Sam Mayer will be joining us here in the Freak Nation. Your winner, Takuma Sato, grabbed himself again, his second Indy 500 uh, championship. The first just coming in 2017. Mm. So that's that's. Very impressive. 2017 and then 2020 with two different teams. And wasn't this stat, man, this ending, this ending for the Indy 500 this year, wasn't this, wasn't it just so, uh, 2020? Co- 2020? <laughs> yes. Oh, without question. Yeah. You, you know, maybe they'll talk about it in the Republican convention this week. Blame, blame that on the Democrats too. Uh, <laughs> it might be the media's fault. Fake news. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. Right. Yeah. Fake news caused it, man. No. Scott Dixon won, man. It's a hoax. Fake news. It's a hoax. But yes, it was setting up to be a massive a shootout <laughs> in traffic between Takuma Sato, Scott Dixon. Graham Rahal and Santino Ferrucci and the traffic would have just bunched them up more. I, I was, you saw me, Kenny. I was sitting on the edge of my seat and saying to our daughter Henley that, Oh my gosh, this is go time. We've got five laps to go or six laps to go at the time, whatever it was. And I'm like, this is it. It's going to be awesome. And then a crash. Mm. And then that's how we're going to end it. Yeah. And, and, and it's all, 2020 in a nutshell. And also with, uh, again, update real quick on Spencer Piggott, the accident we're talking about. Yeah, Spencer Piggott, he was examined and discharged from Methodist Hospital. And that was less than an hour ago. So, yeah, he was in there for a while, but they crossed all T's and dotted all I's. That crash resulted in no broken bones. Absolutely insane to me. He's going to wake up a little sore. But nothing broken on Spencer Pickett. He even tweeted a picture of himself with a thumbs up saying, heading home. Thanks to all the folks at IU Health. <laughs> oh. And I guess that's another reason why it softened my, oh, you're kidding me. You're finishing under yellow. Was of that accident. I just feel for, for Spencer Pickett and anyone watching that race, frankly, that he walked away from that accident. So it's like, yep, let me just kind of tiptoe out of this Indy 500 and get out of here. And here you go, Takuma. (laughs) You can get your name on the Borg Warner one more time, buddy. Let's move on. Because of what's happened for 2020. It did look weird, Crasher. Uh, I caught myself noticing, you know, midway through, three quarters of the way through, how empty that damn place was. It just looked like. The Fast Nine with thirty-three cars on the track. Just go, you know, it didn't look like the Indy Five Hundred. I mean, besides the fact of seeing empty grandstands, the first time it really kind of hit home for me was it somewhere in the pre-race. It wasn't driver introductions, or maybe it was driver introductions when you could hear the PA hmm. echoing throughout the facility, and I'm like, oh, usually those sound waves are being absorbed by all the body fat by everybody sitting around that place. It's like, that sounds very strange. Statman, did you find yourself noticing the crowd or were you totally lit up with the race? I didn't notice the crowd. I was in, I was thoroughly involved in the race. I, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I, I saw the empty seats, but how many times do you hear the crowd? And I imagine if I was there, and if I was a driver and uh, all that sort of thing, but right. how many times do you hear the crowd in connection with the race, unless they, you know, stop and say, let's listen to the crowd. But you know, I didn't miss it at all. 
No, that's true. On the broadcast, you're not going to hear the crowd. Yeah. It's only a, a, a major difference if you're there. And again, Freak Nation, Takuma Sato, your race winner, joined us last hour. Missed that interview? Go to our website, speedfreaks.tv. Coming up, a couple of rookie IndyCar Series drivers will join us here in the Freak Nation. And speaking of rookies, uh, this guy isn't a rookie stock car driver, but he's 17 years old with a big race win in Dover. We'll get to that. It's all coming up. But first, getting some Crash Gladys pit news and notes after we bring in some more affiliates here in the Freak Nation. Motorsports Radio, redefined the freaks. Bring in another round of affiliates here in the Freak Nation. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Thank you guys for hanging out. Coming up this hour, two rookie IndyCar Series drivers. Well, hold on. Stop you there. One rookie, one sophomore driver, but they're both rookies at the Indy 500. There you go. Thank you, Crasher. And Sam Mayer, a 17-year-old beating a Joe Gibbs driver. We'll get to that. But first, Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes brought to our good friends at General Tire. Go to GeneralTire.com. Check out the red letters. Those sides of those General Tires. Got a truck, SUV. Roll on the freak's choice. It's General Tires. Crasher? The 104th Indy 500 is officially in the record books. And how fitting of a finish for an Indy 500 in this whack year of 2020. It was a massive crash with Spencer Piggott at five laps to go. That essentially ended the race as his hit with the pit wall attenuator was so destructive that it could have taken over one hour to repair. The series said no way that was happening. So the final laps ran yellow and Takumasada, who was indeed one of the strongest cars all day, he led a Honda one, two, three, four across the yard of bricks. So Honda had the fastest speeds all month. They dominated over the Chevy machines all day today in traffic and with the high temperatures. So Regardless of what you think of the finish ending under yellow, it absolutely went to one of the deserving cars. We gave an update just a little bit ago on the condition of Spencer Piggott. He was in the hospital for a few hours, but get this, discharged just last hour. No broken bones. Spencer Piggott is okay. We knew he was awake and alert heading to the hospital downtown Methodist IU Health, downtown Indianapolis, but he's been discharged already after that massive hit. Awesome news. NASCAR race ran a full slate of races at Dover, Delaware this weekend, starting with the ARCA East race that looked like it might belong to Ty Gibbs. But Sam Mayer, who charged past him and onto the win on Friday night, taking his dumb, well, dominant win last year, making it a little different this year. Zane Smith took the other Friday night win in the truck series, surviving a restart past veteran Matt Crafton. And on Saturday, it was Justin Allgaier with his first Xfinity race of the year in dominant fashion. And then Chase Briscoe taking the next Xfinity race also in dominant fashion. Let's just stick with that theme because the two cup winners, pretty much the same thing. It was Denny Hamlin on Sunday, Kevin, excuse me, Denny Hamlin on Saturday and Kevin Harvick on Sunday. For Kevin Harvick, his seventh win on the season and number 700 for Ford. Miguel Oliveira taking the win in MotoGP, which was a whack finish. Highly suggest they've had some crazy races all year. Typical 2020. Check it out on Twitter. That finish. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. 
Well, how are you using your time sequestered at home? Been staring at that unfinished hot rod or vintage sports car in the garage just looking for some DIY dirty hands work? Yeah? Well, how about changing your oil and topping it off with Lucas Oil Stabilizer or refreshing your brake line with new Lucas Oil brake fluid or give your prized possessions that like new shine with Lucas Oil Slickness products? It's homeschool time for you, buddy, and time to learn to do the basics to keep your ride on the road with Lucas Oil and Lucas Oil products. For more information, check them out, lucasoil.com. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. Car not performing right, a dirty fuel system damages gas mileage and even your engine over time. But Lucas Fuel Treatment can clean and lubricate that fuel system, the fuel pump, fuel injectors, even carburetors and valves as you drive. It's designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment, it works. MAV-TV, your destination for all things motorsports. TV home to all of the Lucas Oil Motorsports. MAV-TV televises off-road, modifieds, motocross, pro polling, and World Rally Championships, to name a few. MAV-TV is also home to the favorite enthusiast shows, such as My Classic Car, Chop Cut Rebuild, Full Custom Garage, Gears, and much more. MAV-TV is available nationwide on DirecTV, Verizon, and on most cable providers. Visit MAV-TV.com for more racing information and to demand your MAV-TV. The Texas Roadkill, the San Francisco Swallows, and the Arizona Pricks? Yeah, I got your attention now, don't I? These aren't real sports teams, but they are some of the most creative. Funny sports logo t-shirts from awesome sports logos. Each team has a history, a meaning behind it, like the New Orleans Curse or the Nashville Bootleggers. And these t-shirts, they are awesome, with the highest quality, 100% cotton available, and are ridiculously soft. Grab your favorite city's t-shirt now at awesomesportslogos.com. That's awesomesportslogos.com, and get awesome. Lucas Complete Engine Treatment. It's a new multifunctional cleaner plus lubricant. It's designed for use in both engine oil and fuel systems. It cleans and lubricates the entire gas or diesel fuel system from the tank to injectors. It contains special Lucas additives that cause the fuel to burn thoroughly and help increase your miles per gallon. Expect longer engine life, longer oil life, cleaner exhaust, and less fuel consumption. Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. It works. You are listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. All you ATV, UTV, side by siders. Dig this, man. Our friends at Lucas Oil, they've got a new product called the Synthetic Four-Stroke Side-by-Side Engine Oil. It's high performance, all temp, and all weather-ready line of engine oils for side-by-side, ATVs, UTVs, virtual all-off-road recreational vehicles. Check it out, man. LucasOil.com. Designed specifically for you amateur off-roaders. Crasher? Well, speaking of Lucas Oil... Earlier this week, we caught up with two Lucas Oil drivers. You saw 
the Lucas Oil signage on all of the Aero McLaren Schmidt Peterson. That's a mouthful. Aero McLaren Schmidt Peterson team drivers, which was Pato Award, Oliver Askew, and yes, Fernando Alonso. Hello, we haven't said a word about Fernando Alonso. He didn't do much today. Let's just put it that way. He doesn't really deserve a word or four. So we caught up with the two young guys, Patricio Award and Oliver Askew. And well, let's just say we had some fun with them. Patricio Award and, of course, Oliver Eskew here in the Freak Nation. Uh, now, Oliver, do you call Patricio Pato or do you call him Pat? Do you call him Patricio? Do you have another nickname for your teammate? I, I usually call him by Pato, but uh, sometimes I call him Potato. <laughs> Potato or Pato. Pato, what about you? What, what kind of nickname do you have for your teammate, Oliver Eskew? Breadstick. That's what I usually call him. Breadstick? Yeah, because he looks like a breadstick. You know those from Olive Garden? <laughs> well, I know what you're talking about now because I noticed that Askew has shaved his melon. So, yeah, he does kind of look like a breadstick, especially up on his head. I know. You're, you remind me of Nacho Libre. I do? Yeah, I can kind of see where this thing is going. They are teammates, but damn it, you put them uh, you put them against each other. I don't give a damn if it's ski ball or in a freaking Indy car. They're going to try and beat each other's ass. Potato and breadstick joining yeah. us from the Freak Nation, getting set for the Indy 500. And sad to say, man, there's not going to be any fans up there, guys. So, Pato, I will start. I'll start with you. This is going to be a different race for you, but you understand the magnitude of the Indy 500 being a young dude jumping into this car and trying to beat cats that have been running in this race for well over 10 years. How do you intend to do that? Yeah, I'm actually pretty sad that there's going to be no fans, man. I mean, I got to experience it in, uh, just as a viewer, 2016, I believe. And I thought it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. So I'm excited for next year that the fans will hopefully be back. Hopefully everything's back to normal. Uh, but for this year, I'm just looking forward to giving them a good show. I think they deserve it. Um, and I think as much as they're missing away from the racetrack, we miss them at the racetrack as well. Oliver, ask you, the rookie hype is coming to you, coming your way. How do you handle that? Do you Are you believing the hype? Are you the guy to watch out for for the future of IndyCar? Uh, I, I like to take uh, you know a pretty humble approach into it. I mean, it is the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and it can be – pretty daunting, especially to some rookies. Um, but I'm, I'm looking to, to soak the experience in, and I know that I have a team and a car that's capable of winning. So, um, you know, I'm not going into it holding anything back. Um, I know that that there's still a lot to learn for both myself and the rest of the, the rookie class this year. Um, but I'm looking forward to the day. Uh, obviously, it's going to be very different from from what we're all used to, but uh, I'm sure we're going to be able to put on an awesome show. Errol McLaren drivers, Pato Award, a.k.a. Potato, Oliver Skew, a.k.a. Breadstick, joining us here in the Freak Nation. Of course, they are also Lucas Oil-powered drivers, just like we are in the Freak Nation. Well, we're not drivers, but we are powered by Lucas Oil as well. And Oliver, Pato, you guys have had, you guys did this thing, hashtag together. What was it, together forever on your on your hands? Together wherever. So that means we're... Even though the fans aren't with us, we are together in a way, uh, trying to tell them and let them know that that you know we we miss them and and we feel the support. You know all the comments, all the calls, all the texts we're getting. Uh, we are definitely uh, feeling it. 
Pedal Award and Oliver Askew, you guys have experienced high speed, 200 miles an hour on other tracks. But when you get to Indy and you're going 230, 240 or more sometimes, Oliver, what did that, how did that feel? Yeah, when you're going that speed, when you're going 200 miles an hour, it already feels fast. When you add another 30, 40 miles an hour to that, and it's, it's a huge jump going that speed. Um, and, the, and the cars are, are on edge through the corner. Through the, the four corners at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, going that fast. So, um, you know, if, it, if the cars were planted, it would it would feel comfortable, and you kind of get used to the speed. But because we're so on edge, and there's zero margin for error, like it, it you don't really get used to it. You know, it always feels super fast. Um, but you know, when when you're out there and everyone's going the same speed as you, you kind of for you almost forget how fast you're going. It just feels very on edge. What kind of advice are either one of you guys getting from other drivers in the field? Has anybody offered anything to help you? This is a 200-lap race. But Pato Award, that first lap can be dangerous, frankly, with all the turbulence, especially if you've never experienced it before. Yeah, honestly, we haven't really spoken to them. They don't really give us any pointers because they want to win as well. But yeah, our competition doesn't give us the advice. <laughs> yeah, so Damn them. go with it and live in the moment. But huh? has Fernando given you any advice? Mm, not really. <laughs> Snap. Well, what the hell is that, man? You guys are teammates. You're collecting checks signed by the same dude. Why in the hell isn't he giving you some advice? Because <laughs> he wants to win too, bro. That's why. Jeez, man, the selfish drivers we got here. Oliver Eskew. <laughs> Not these two. Pato Award joining us here in the Freak Nation. And Oliver, have you tried to cook a meal? Excuse me. Pato, have you tried to cook a meal for Oliver? Or Oliver, have you tried yeah. to cook a meal for Pato? I actually have multiple meals. And I think Oliver can answer this question. How good was that, Oliver? <laughs> Pretty fantastic. I'm kind of bummed you haven't invited me over for another meal recently. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And what was the flavor? What was the what was the type of meal? It was a uh, gluten-free quinoa pasta with tomato sauce and uh, filet mignon. Nothing says Monterey, Mexico, quite like filet mignon and gluten-free. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good, bro. You know what I've been into recently is chickpea pasta. Chickpea pasta? That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Clearly, you both are pasta fanatics. I'm yeah, a big I'm a pasta fanatic. Yeah, Oliver is. And now we know really how the nickname came about. Okay. Hey, do you are you guys experienced in, in drinking you know, vitamin D, heavy filtered or heavy uh, heavy cream, heavy milk? Can you guys get used to doing that for an Indy 500 win? I will for sure chug it and drink it when I win the Indy 500. But when I don't, I'm uh, I'm more of an almond milk guy. I'm not not into the dairy stuff. We're an almond milk family as well. Oliver, what about you? Yeah, I don't, um, I kind of try to stay away from dairy, um, to be honest, but after winning the 500, I don't think I'd care. I'd dump the thing on my head. Well, hold on a second. Don't you got, yeah, but seriously, I think every driver dumps a vast majority of it on their head. Anyway, don't you guys get to choose? Kenny's talking about quasi buttermilk and fatty stuff. Don't you guys get to choose? You could do skim milk, which is basically just water anyway. I went full-blown whole milk. Gotta yeah, be I did, I did too. Go big or go home. Yeah, bro. Oh, really? That's a good point. Go big or go home. 
Because nothing would be more badass than being a rookie winning the Indy 500, drinking the milk, and then throwing it right back up. Yeah, who who picks 2% milk or skim milk? Like, who? (laughs) You would be surprised, I think. I think. Like, you just won the Indy 500. Like, drink whole milk. (laughs) (laughs) I think your teammate, Fernando Alonso, I've heard he's pretty svelte these days. He probably picks skim milk. You guys need to give him a rise for that. (laughs) <laughs> that's a big laugh there man is there is there some animosity there between uh that was like we will between you and uh, fernando alonso formula one champion no. coming in here and stealing some headlines yeah no, got, i love the guy great guy all right he's so actually he's actually i mean he's still an idol but he was he was one of the drivers that i looked up to every time i like when i was a kid because i grew up watching his generation, like uh, Fernando, uh, Hamilton, uh, Vettel, Dixon, uh, you know, Castro Neves. It's kind of all weird those to boys. be on the same team as him now and like to race against the Will Powers and the Castro Neves, you know. It's like you, you don't really, it doesn't really set in, you know, because you're yeah. so focused on yourself. Yeah, I agree. No, that's a that's a very good point, but just to poke some fun, do you guys ever say that to Fernando? Man, I loved watching you when I was a kid. You're such an old man. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know Will Power would take it. He'd be like, oh, yeah? Oh, nice. And then he would yeah. walk away. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Pato, hold on. You just you did a pretty good Will Power impersonation right there. You sounded like him. Do you guys impersonate some of the other drivers in the series? He'd be like, "Whatever, you wanker." Or what? What does he say? Oh yeah, t- today there was a bunch of wankers out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. You guys realize you got a damn race coming up this weekend, right? <laughs> Will starting next to me. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go up to him. Go up to him. Go up to him on the three grid. What did he say? You ready, said- a wanker? <laughs> he was in the interviews. I don't think I've ever been slower. <laughs> <laughs> Paddle Award, Oliver Eskew, Errol McLaren, fine partners of Lucas Oil along with us here in the Freak Nation. Guys, hey, amen. Thanks for doing this. I, I think it would be legendous to get you young bastards in there for an Indy 500 win because you guys would be huge crap starters all Sunday afternoon after the win. Yeah, I want to win it, man. That would be cool. fellas good luck this weekend fly those fly those lucas oil colors proud yeah we for sure will thank you so much for having us lots of drama in sunday's indy 500 takuma sato the winner over scott dixon and graham rahal sato was the 20th to win a second 500 the first came in 2017 but what i'll take away from this is what aero electronics revealed during a commercial by far racing isn't what's on the top of their priority list the exoskeleton sam suit for team owner sam schmidt looked like something from a sci-fi movie Schmidt has been in a wheelchair since his IndyCar accident in January 2000 during off-season testing in Florida. The accident rendered him a quadriplegic and put him on a respirator for five months. But in the last five years, Arrow, one of Sam's sponsors, has tricked out a Corvette that allows Sam to control the car at speed with his eyes. And now it's working on the exosuit that allows him to walk. What this means for victims of spinal cord injuries is just wonderful. If you don't find this stunning, Check your pulse. Peace. Speed Freaks. 
Motorsports Radio, redefined. Crasher, how long do you think it's going to take you to come down after the 200, okay, the 104th <laughs> running of the... The 204th running. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm already down. I got that right after Victory Lane, Takuma Sato. Right. I was a little, eh? I was a little perplexed because Victory Lane is different now. So I'm kind of like, that took too long to rise the car up, but okay. That was well, strange. It was very strange. The, the raw emotion seems to go away when you take the time to do that. So that needs a little bit of work, but it, yeah, I just kind of thought that feeling that I get every year at the end of the race after we interview the winner. And then it's like, now what? And I got that feeling here at home right. and that's just weird. But the good news is we are already three months, three months closer to the next Indy 500. So it's not, it's, we don't have to wait a year. It's true. We only have to wait nine months. Yay. This segment brought to you by good friends at General Tire. Go to GeneralTire.com. Find out why they say they are high performance for the open road in adrenaline rush, in straight line, or on tight turns. Go to GeneralTire.com, the official tire of Speed Freaks. Statman, you find yourself at all today th- thinking that this Indy 500 was different than the others in the past, meaning the end of May versus the end of August? And I know we talked a little bit about this last hour, but did it feel strange watching this race in August to you? No, not really. I mean, a race is a race and, uh, I don't, maybe unlike crash who has such, she spent her entire life around Memorial day at the speedway. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a race. It's the Indy 500. It's an important race. But it's a race, and uh, I didn't get any – I didn't miss it <clears throat> or think of it this should have been in May. It's. It should be – a if just for one reason only, it should be a bucket list for all motorsports fans. And the one reason – I think it should all, be a bucket list for all sports fans. I mean, looking at Mike Tirico's reaction last year when mm-hmm. he was like, whoa, I've always heard about this, but – Wow, it's even different and better when you're in person. I was just talking about from an engineering standpoint. Oh, okay. When I first saw Formula One run there the first time, it blew me away. To see a Formula One car in person, it's like trying to describe a funny car, top fuel car, how it sounds. You just can't. But watching these cars go 230, 240 miles an hour and dive down into turn one, this isn't a – these – these aren't high bank. This isn't a high bank oval. Just how the dynamics of these cars can stick to the surface. Granted, you see what happens to them when they get up in the marbles, when they get up a little bit too high. Of course, you see what happens. But just the fact that you can keep these cars on a surface in relatively low banking. At faster speeds than what airplanes take off at. It, it, <laughs> it blows my mind. And why? I don't know, Statman, you probably know more about this than I do. Why we're not taking even more technology from these indie cars and putting them in golf carts, yeah. <laughs> motorcycles, <laughs> something. It's it's right there in front of Ask us. Ask Statman and Tony Stewart why we don't put this technology in golf carts. Uh, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Statman almost put an end to Tony Stewart's career in a golf cart. <laughs> I don't know if we wanted to put him in golf carts. Uh, you know, because people would be driving on the 405 in <laughs> golf carts. <laughs> well, you bring up Formula One, though. We're talking technology, I know, but you bring up Formula One, and I don't want the show to go by without saying this. Obviously, Roger Penske officially purchased the track, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, at the beginning of this year. The announcement came last October, but it, it became official in January of 2020, one of the only good things of this year so far. But because of him... Guess who was at the Indy 500 today? And Statman, I always butcher this guy's name. I always say it wrong. Patricio Guzman. No, Jean Todd. Todd? Jean Todd? Yeah. I mean, he was, he was, they, they said he was there, but uh, Roger had a chance to entertain people like that because they didn't allow him uh, trackside on the, on the, um, oh, right, the, right. The, the, what do you call those but, things there? The, yeah. So he was, he couldn't run the pro. He couldn't run the team. He had to be away from the track side, so he had a but chance reason, to be a host. Yeah, the reason Jean Tote is is big is because guess what's coming back, and guess why he was there. He was there to be entertained by RP, the captain, Roger Penske, whatever you want to call him, because he's doing everything in his power to bring Formula One back to Indy, mm. and Jean is the man to make it happen. No, do you think that'll you think that'll happen? You think Formula One will think they'll take it yep. away from Texas, or they'll do it in addition to no. Texas? No, I think this will be in addition. I do not think they'll take it away. Fortunately, the Austin race, the Formula One race in Austin, Texas, has a lot of state support, and not sure that would happen with Indianapolis because at least in the past, the track has wanted to do everything without taxpayer money. Maybe that'll change now with RP at the helm. But yep, that's exactly why Tote was there in the confines of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Well, so John, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, one, that the money in Texas is not guaranteed. They were having, from what I understand, they were having trouble with it this year. And if it wasn't for the, uh, the, the pandemic, um, you know, I don't know if it would, if, if it would have challenged the race, but there was some question that, that, uh, they were going to get state money this year. So, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I, this is the first I've heard of Jean Todd being there, but, um, it's, it's, it's a good thing. I think the race should be in Indianapolis, uh, because of the, uh, you know, the support that people can give it, especially if Roger is promoting the thing. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I, that, that would be, that would be a good thing. I, that would be a good thing. So the announcement coming in December of this year is Formula One is back at Indianapolis and Ferrari is the third manufacturer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so both of of those things are being discussed, but I don't think December of 2020 (laughs) is when either one of those announcements are going to be made official. Being serious. Ferrari is the third manufacturer. Yeah, they they better worry about the second manufacturer, <laughs> Chevrolet, falling out. Yeah, Chevy needs some help, big time. Oh, Freak Nation! Coming up in about six minutes, Sam Mayer, seventeen years old, 
That's right. Seven, we just had a 19-year-old on our show who's going to end up being rookie of the year. I, I just learned to put my underwear on correctly and tie my shoes by the time I was 17. <laughs> Thanks for the info. At 19, I learned to have a six-pack and drive. I'm joking. Oh, I'm joking. It was just 40. No, <laughs> I'm just... Uh, it's actually 16. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, of course, we're going to have some not much motorsports coming up as we end this extravaganza on, a, on the night of the Indy 500 in August, where it was 113 degrees <laughs> in Phoenix. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. A lot cooler in Indy. Oh, man. Yeah. We'll wrap it up and come back. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Lucas Complete Engine Treatment. It's a new multifunctional cleaner plus lubricant. It's designed for use in both engine oil and fuel systems. It cleans and lubricates the entire gas or diesel fuel system from the tank to injectors. It contains special Lucas additives that cause the fuel to burn thoroughly and help increase your miles per gallon. Expect longer engine life, longer oil life, cleaner exhaust, and less fuel consumption. Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. It works. It's more than just a slogan. Anywhere is possible with General Tire. General Tire's Grabber X3 Mud Terrain Tire offers aggressive styling and is engineered for durability with innovative performance features that are ready to carry you through extreme mud and rock-covered terrain. For extreme traction that's ready for anything and rugged styling to match, look no further than the Grabber X3. Make your anywhere possible by visiting GeneralTire.com today. That's GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. Introducing Lucas Oil Racing TV, your exclusive, unlimited 24-7 motorsports app. Now you can watch all your favorite motorsports anytime, anywhere. Get the finest in grassroots racing, national events, live coverage, behind-the-scenes action, and interviews you won't see anywhere else. There's also automotive how-to shows and some of motorsports' biggest names like Dave Disbane, hosting the legends and current superstars of racing. For more information, visit lucasoilracing.tv. Lucas Oil Racing TV. Grab it and hold on tight. Hey, you want the easiest car care ever, right? There's a couple Lucas Oil products you got to get your hands on. One, Lucas Slick Mist Fast and Easy Speed Wax. Two, Tire and Trim Shine. And three, Interior Detailer. It's better than anything on the market, so this is what you do. You spray the speed wax on a wet or dry surface, you wipe it off, and you're done. You think you can handle that? Lucas Interior Detailer rejuvenates interiors, and Lucas Tires and Trim Shine does wonders on tires and wheels. Lucas Slick Mist. It's easy. It works. Go to lucasoil.com for more information. Freak Nation, for over 100 years, General Tire has provided tires for your lifestyle, your adventure, your everywhere. From the aggressive mud terrain Grabber X3 to the all-terrain performance of the Grabber ATX, even to the strong and durable all-purpose terrain Grabber APX, General Tire balances excellent on-road performance with off-road capabilities designed for all weather conditions. Remember, with General Tire, anywhere is possible. For more information, drive over to GeneralTire.com. 
Want to bring racing technology into your driveway? Lucas High Performance Motor Oil is advanced race engine technology for everyday cars and trucks. It reduces friction heat and coats your engine with a tougher, longer-lasting oil film for maximum protection. Lucas High Performance Motor Oil cools and cleans your engine and protects against sludge buildup from everyday stop-and-go driving. Lucas High Performance Motor Oil is made in America and sold to the world it works you're listening to speed freaks motorsports radio redefined Freaks, Lucas Oil Studios, Freak Nation, proud partners with General Tire here with the Freaks, Crash Gladys, Statman, Kenny Sargent, thank you guys for hanging out. The website, speedfreaks.tv. Sam Mayer earns his second straight triumph at Dover for the General Tire 125 in the Arkham Menard Series East race. And Sam joins us now. Sam, you had the Indy 500 earlier today. Then, of course, you had the Cup guys running at Dover. Uh are you one of those cats that can't keep yourself away from the TV when there's racing going on, or you want to get as far away from it as possible because racing's your job? Yeah, I uh, I love to watch any racing, uh, really, to be honest with you. I mean, I uh, definitely enjoyed the cup race today and the Xfinity race that was also going on. And, uh, yeah, any sort of NASCAR racing, I'm, I'm definitely all for it. I'll, I'll watch it all day long. What about Indianapolis 500? Um, IndyCar is not much of my thing, but I will definitely watch it if it's on the TV. Um, I haven't really watched the full race in a while, uh, but I definitely, uh, will watch it when I get the opportunity. Sam Mayer joining us here in the Freak Nation, winner of General Tire 125 Arkham Menards Series East at Dover. And watching the, the Indy 500, then Kevin Harvick wins the cup race. And it's still strange, man. For a dude who's won his share of races, you won at Dover this year, you won at Dover last year, no fans in the stands at these races. Is it strange, or have you accepted that this is just the way it's going to be for a little while? Yeah, I mean, it definitely sucks that uh, a lot of the people that want to come to these races and enjoy them and uh, watch them can't come. But, I mean, obviously, we want to do everything we can to uh, get the virus out so we can get to back uh, having all these spectators back quicker. So uh, I'm down for anything that makes this uh, whole deal go away quicker. And uh, I just can't wait for people to get back because it definitely is very eerie when there's no one in the stands for sure. Sam Mayer joining us here, Friday's winner of the ARCA East Series race at Dover. Are you someone who gets fired up more with fans or are you one that sometimes feels, and this is nothing negative against fans. This is just the realities of being a human being. I mean, sometimes fans can fire you up or sometimes they can be a distraction. Are you one of those or are you maybe a combination of both? I mean, I want to say I'm a little bit of both, but uh, I definitely uh, kind of miss having the fans in the fans because like, even after I won a Dover, uh, usually I would get up on the car and throw my fist up in the air. Like, heck yeah, let's, (laughs) <laughs> Let's go. And everyone was like, cheer or whatever. And uh, now that there's no fans, I really can't do that without it being awkward where I'm just uh, holding my fists up in the air for nobody. So it's uh, definitely pretty interesting. There's no one there. But um, 
I just can't wait for the fans to get back, to be honest with you. Oh, absolutely. Well, your focus, though, in this race was pretty tremendous. And, I mean, Ty Gibbs has been putting a beat down on whoever he can find. It seems Arca National or, or East. You're, you're the points leader, though, and you proved it on how you ended those last 20 laps Friday night. Explain how that all went down inside your helmet. Yeah, I mean, it was a very uh, intense race the entire time because uh, it was just we were we were really a good car uh, early on. We weren't probably the best one, but we were just saving our tire and saving our equipment for a late run in the race. And it really showed how good of a car we had at the end. I mean, even after Gibbs unfortunately had a tire go down in the end of his day, uh, we still were probably going to be able to beat him because we ended up passing him before that happened. So, uh, we were, we were still really fast and, uh, I wish he probably, I wish he wouldn't have had that problem because it probably would have been an even more enjoyable finish for all the people watching <laughs> on TV. But, uh, we were, we were a really good car, uh, with GMS racing, obviously putting together a really good one for me this weekend. And, uh, those last 20 laps, we, uh, we definitely put the beating on them for sure. I mean, we ended up winning by like two and a half seconds or something in the last 10 laps. So, uh, it's definitely another one that I'll remember, remember for a while. Sam Mayer is the ARCA winner at Dover in the general tire, 125, 17 years old. Sam, who are some of your favorite drivers in the Cup Series? Um, being a Chevy guy, uh, I'm definitely going to go with like the Hendrick drivers or the RCR drivers. Uh, but my favorite probably would be Chase Elliott right now. Um, but before it was definitely Kyle Larson. He was uh, definitely my favorite. Uh, I worked out with him a lot with, uh, driver's Edge development and Chevrolet and, uh, Josh Wise working with that and working with him. I would work out like, uh, training with him a lot and, uh, I got to become, uh, pretty good acquaintances with him. Uh, just, uh, talking about stuff and, uh, he's a really cool guy, really down to earth. And, uh, I hope he can get back in the sport in the next couple of years. It would definitely be very cool to uh, be able to cheer him on again. Uh, but yeah, he was definitely probably my favorite driver in the last couple of years. Yes, we're big believers in second chances here. As long as you prove yourself that, hey, you've learned your lessons. So yes, we agree with you on Kyle Larson. Absolutely. But in bringing up his name, it makes me automatically default to the domination he's been doing on dirt recently. And I know we talked at the beginning of this interview about would you watch or drive other cars? What about dirt racing? Have you ever had any sort of a fascination for dirt racing, whether it is just to watch it or maybe to get behind the wheel of one of those cars? Yeah, um, I ran one dirt race in my life and it was in a legend car of all things. And, um, I had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, it's definitely not for me. definitely not my <laughs> cup of tea for sure. But, um, uh, I enjoy watching it and especially seeing Kyle Larson go out in there and kicking butt like he is. It's, uh, definitely really cool to see how talented he really is and, uh, how good of a race car driver he is. So, yeah, I mean, I believe in second chances. I think he's yes. proved himself enough that, uh, he, should get the opportunity to come back. And uh, I feel like a lot of people feel the same way. So uh, it's definitely really cool seeing him going out there and prove himself. And he really has nothing to lose at this point. Uh, just to get that second chance and come back would be very, very big for him and uh, all his fans as well. Sam, through the years, the freaks have heard from drivers, open wheel and stock car drivers who want to run on dirt. They say they can learn more about the movement of a car when they feel it on dirt. So why not go on dirt? Yeah, I mean, it's just, um, it's not my kind of racing, I guess. I mean, 
I've uh, I never grew up doing it. I grew up uh, doing go karts on road courses and stuff like that. So uh, I just never even had that uh, kind of background or uh, never even knew about it, really, to be honest with you, until I got into the NASCAR world. And um, yeah, I just I never put my focus into it and never uh, tried to get good at it. So I just I never really truly enjoyed uh, enjoyed it. So. Uh, it's just I'm, I just came from a different background, and uh, that really kind of shows that there's a big funnel that goes into NASCAR. A lot of different people from a lot of different places and areas uh, come to NASCAR, and uh, it's just there's 40 seats out of 140,000 people that wanna <laughs> wanna get there. So it's uh, definitely a big funnel from a lot of different areas in the sport. Without question, but I will say. If you got back into training with Kyle Larson, Josh Wise and company, and Kyle said, hey, why don't you come on over and I'll, I'll train you in, in this midget racing or sprint car racing, you'd do it. Yeah, I would um, I would definitely give it a shot. I mean, <laughs> I've gotten opportunities from a lot of other drivers like Case Cabry. He runs on dirt all the time. and uh, We always joke about me getting in one of his cars and going out there and ripping around like Millbridge or something like that. But uh, I would have to give it a really deep thought because really, to be honest with you, I don't trust myself on dirt. Mm. No. Um, I don't feel like I'm just the kind of driver that would be good on dirt. Uh, but that's really the only thing stopping me, if you want to know the truth. Freak Nation, he's 17 years old, ARCA Series East winner. The General Tire 125 at Dover opening up for the Xfinity and, of course, the Cup Series this weekend in Dover. Sam, thanks for doing this, buddy. Good luck to you in the future, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate you all. And speaking of Kyle Larson, let me just get to some statistics here. So, Statman, he has basically, since his suspension from NASCAR, which was unfortunate, but he did do it on his own, he has raced 64 dirt races, 34 of which have been wins. So, let's see, this came out earlier this evening. Tonight, he won at the Hoosier 100, his 34th win in 64 starts this year, more than $400,000 in winnings. In dirt, by the way, yeah. 13 ASCOC wins, nine World of Outlaws wins, four PA Speed Week wins, four USAC wins, two Chili Bowl National wins, of course. Well, yeah, we that was the beginning of the year, so I guess this isn't since his suspension necessarily. One midget win and one USAC Silver Crown win. Hello. Nine Outlaw wins? Is that what you said? Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I've seen some stories about people say he's ready to come back, and uh, you know, I'd, I, I don't, I, I would, I'd be disappointed if they let him come back right away. I mean, he, you know, I mean, let him. He's having fun and having success. Stay there till the end of the season. Maybe come back next year, but. If if you're going to have a penalty, it's got to be a penalty. You can't just, you know, get randoms and go home and then, you know, come back when you want to. I mean, that's it's going to be a penalty. It's got to be a penalty. I'm with you there. Absolutely. I've been a little shocked that recently people like Tony Stewart have been saying, come on, NASCAR, get out of the way and, and bring this guy back. Because you're right. It's like, I see that he's doing well at dirt tracks. That's fine. But we need to know that he's doing well socially and that I, I have we seen anything that he is on his way to correcting his mistake and that will never happen again. And those sorts of racial words are going to leave his head permanently. 
that's the bigger deal here. Yeah, well, so yeah, I'm even bigger. Ahead. Even bigger than that is the sponsors. If he came back now, the hue and cry against him. Sponsors don't want that, and uh, sponsors are going to be involved in whether or not he comes back. Whenever he comes back, because they don't want to. Uh, they don't want to have 50 people a day with uh, signs marching in front of their corporate headquarters or worse, telling people not to buy their product. Yeah. Not, not much, much motorsport. Not much motorsport. Helio oh, or Helio. No. Not, not, not. Well, not only much, that. Much, much, much. Thank you, I love you. And headlining the party. The Douchebags. Moose. Not much motorsport. <laughs> the freaks. Not much motorsports. All right, uh, Statman, you being the ice cream aficionado, I'm going to test your Ben and Jerry's IQ. You ready to go? All right, let's have it. So Ben and Jerry's have a flavor graveyard where it's discontinued ice creams. Oh, that is a shame. Well, maybe it's a good thing. Can we go to this graveyard? Uh, Yeah, you can check it out online. Flavors in the graveyard. Tennessee mud. No longer on the shelf. Statman, what was in Tennessee mud? Um, some Memphis. <laughs> uh, some Memphis. Oh. In, some Memphis in Nashville. Uh, yeah, uh, Tennessee yeah, mud. That's got to. That's got to be chocolate, I would guess, and uh, chocolate, and I don't know what else, but yeah, blueberries, amaretto, Jack Daniel's whiskey, and roasted slivered almonds. Wait, no chocolate? We're talking ice cream. Mm-mm, no chocolate. I'm, I'm oh, probably right. mud. I mean, chocolate, yeah. Uh, what about Ms. Jelena's sweet potato pie? Give me an ingredient in there, Stat. Sweet potatoes? Mm. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Nut, nutmeg. Um, oh, what else do they put in, in sweet potato pie? I, I don't know. I, it's... Uh, you're I, not going to get it. I don't know. Yeah. Ginger ice cream with a fudge swirl. What? That makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, oh, here's one. The Urban Urban Jungle from 2000, 2001, Statman. <laughs> a swirling safari of chocolate ice cream and coconut ice cream mixed with white and dark chocolatey chunks, pecans, and roasted almonds. So you put the word jungle in there, and it's all about chocolate. I, you say jungle, I want to think fruit. Weird. I just told you the ingredients, man. I, I can uh, see why nobody cream- bought it, why they had to be put in the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds there was also one called Afternoon Tea, made from 1995 to 1998. This tub was comprised of vanilla ice cream. and contained strawberries and fudge-covered shortbread pieces. Yep. Still a weird uh, name for that. That's, that well, there's that your, there's your uh, Ben & Jerry's update. That sounds right? absolutely hideous. There used to be a guy. British man. Now, wait a minute. This is more important. There used to be a All guy right. in Oakland who made ice cream 
and he would refuse to give you he had weird you know special stuff and when it was gone it mm -hmm. was gone but if you got some and uh wanted to maybe eat it in the car or something like that he would refuse to give you a spoon he would get indignant and tell you that you don't have spoons at home. This ice cream is not to be eaten in the car. You're supposed to take this home. He was serious. And, you know, it, the, the ice cream was spectacular. It was handmade. It was perfect. But, he, you know, he had his way of doing stuff, and that was it. It's an insult, huh? Yeah. You, you would insult him to ask for a spoon. To, you, you don't have spoons at home? <laughs> British man breaks Guinness Book of World Records for fastest ice cream truck. A British inventor who set out to create a more environmentally friendly ice cream truck broke a Guinness Book of World Record when the food dispensing vehicle was declared the world's fastest. That's what John Force is doing like now. Huh? Right. <laughs> broke the record of the world's fastest ice cream truck when he took it to a top speed of 73.9 miles an hour in England. Slow ass bastard. We'll serve up some soft Seriously. serve dog. Shoot the juice to the moose, baby. Instead, man. Cut it loose. Zip. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. <laughs> 